Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. You love the Lord. In your Bibles, if you will, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 7, as we'll start there. Been studying. Heard y'all had a great service last week with Brother Rob. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand clap. He's a blessing. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, we've been studying, we started this about three weeks ago, by looking at Hebrews chapter 6 and noticing in the basic doctrines of Christ, there are the doctrine of baptisms. Not singular baptism, but plural uh, baptisms. So we know by the Word of God, especially in the book of Acts, we see three baptisms unique to our dispensation in which we live in, the time in which we live. There are three unique baptisms. One is baptism into the body of Christ. That is the most important. That is what the Bible calls being born again, being saved, making Jesus your Lord and Savior, however you want to uh, uh, phrase it, becoming a Christian, whatever, however you want to phrase it, that's what it is. The first and most important baptism is baptism into the body of Christ. Now, upon the new birth, the miracle that happens in you, which is the greatest miracle, is the recreation of your human spirit. The human spirit you were born with was flawed, was messed up, was cursed. Now, let me, let's throw this out because we always do. People are always asking the question, well, what about children? What about infants? What about, you know, little children? If they were to, if they were to die, if they were to... I heard a horror story one time of a young infant that died and how the preacher got up and preached at the little baby's funeral that he was burning in hell and all this. Listen, children are born innocent. And they live in that innocence until basically that, that day in which you have to make a choice of good and evil when you can make that cognitive choice. Amen. I'll get it out. <laughs> uh, the day you can make that choice is basically the day in which the Apostle Paul describes as the day of accountability. On the day of accountability, sin revives in your human spirit. It couldn't revive if it wasn't there. It revives in your human spirit. Then all of a sudden, you can be the best Christian on the planet. Mom and dad. I mean, they're tongue-talking, Holy Ghost, tithing, church members. And then Bubba, you know, the, uh, the, the son is running amok. And everybody goes, well, what's, what's, what, what's the reason for this? Well, he hasn't been born again yet. He's still, he's get, still got the spirit of his original father, Adam. Amen. Amen. So when you get born again, God goes into that human spirit, removes all of that iniquity and puts his righteousness in there. And the power of that righteousness recreates you and you become a new creature in Christ. The motivation to sin is gone. That's why when you sin after you're born again, it's not the same. Amen. You say, well, I got saved and I went out the other day and got high, I smoked some weed. It wasn't, it wasn't the same. It's never going to be the same because the true motivation on the inside of you is gone. That iniquity that you've been feeding your whole life has been taken out of you and now you're the righteousness of God in Christ. But you're left with a mind that's crazy and flesh that wants to go berserk. Yeah. If you let your flesh do anything it wants to do, you'll either sleep till you're dead, eat till you're dead, do drugs till you're dead, or do something stupid till you're dead. That's exactly what the flesh will motivate you to do. So we're in a fight with our mind, we're in a fight with our flesh, we're in a fight with the devil, but thank God God's given us His Spirit on the inside, which is a spirit of power, a spirit of authority, amen? 
So it's most important that men and women be born again. That's why we do what we do. That's why we give the money that we give to missions. That's why we're building churches in different areas in the world. That's why we're believing God for expansion here. It's so that more and more people can correctly hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Understand, number one, that, there is a, that, there, that they are sinners. Number two, that there is a Savior. Amen. And that all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Then there's the next baptism in which Jesus commands us. Everybody say commands us. See there in, in Acts chapter 1, the men he were, was talking to there were men that had been with him since his resurrection. Those some 500 people that had been with Jesus since his resurrection, approximately 55 days. Do you think they were all saved? Absolutely they were. Because Jesus has no right to command anything that doesn't belong to him. But if it belongs to him, he can command. This word command in Acts chapter 1 is, a, is an authoritative military term. He commands us to what? To enter into the second baptism, which is the endowment of power. We see it in Acts chapter 2. We see it in Acts chapter 10. We see it in Acts chapter 19 where it's openly and plainly showed in the Word of God and in the book of Acts that when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, there is a physical manifestation which is the phenomenon of speaking in a language that you've not learned intellectually. Amen? Now they use, they use the word speaking in tongues and that is a phrase that's coined in the Bible. But here's something you must understand. The devil has fought that from the day it began. When the 120 poured out into the streets of Jerusalem, drunk in the Holy Ghost, the devil figured out, i got a problem with these tongue-talking people. He wants to suppress, he has always wanted to suppress any power on the earth that was not his. You say, you mean the devil has power? Sure, he has dark power. He has dark power of darkness, amen? But thank God, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, much of what we see in the Christian world today has basically, for lack of a better, uh, better word, evolved into corporate structures, which within the confines of their corporate structures, they basically rehearse and teach and preach the messages that were during the move of God, which began their movement. But the problem was their movement ended when the Holy Ghost left them. You said, why did the Holy Ghost leave them? The Holy Ghost left them because man took it over, took God's hands off of it, and put his own hands on it. That's how, that's how a move of God goes into a denomination. Every denomination, you name the Baptists, the Methodists, the, the Lutherans, the Episcopals, you name them, every one of them started with a move of the Holy Ghost where people were being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. I listened to a, a, a gentleman the other day. I was listening to some of his teaching. And, and he was a man that was alive, you know, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, right in there. And, and he was a, uh, very acquainted with the staff at Baylor University. Baylor being a Baptist, Baptist school, also a Baptist, Baptist theology school. And in the 1940s, the last professor at Baylor that taught, this is what he taught. There is an experience subsequent to the new birth which the Bible calls the endowment of power. Don't go out into the world to preach the gospel without it. Now, he was the last one in the Baptist denomination, and that was in the 1940s. 
Methodists were the same way through John and George Wesley. They were powerful men of God, powerful men of the Spirit. Others that you go back and study. Brother Osteen, John Osteen said it like this. He said, you got to kind of view it in your mind like a volcano exploding. You know, when a volcano goes up, everybody's looking at it. I mean, they're showing it on the news. I mean, everybody's seeing, they're, they're, they're watching the lava flow, the explosion. You know, it's active, it's moving, it's flowing. But what happens when it stops? What happens when the flow of, of lava and magma, what happens when it stops? It, co- it turns into cold, dark rock. Amen. And listen, we can't afford as people to preach 100-year-old messages and sing 100-year-old songs and expect, they're gonna get, expect to get what they got 100 years ago because God is progressive moving forward all the time. One of the most profound things I ever heard out of a preacher, ever heard in my life, was the first day of Bible school, September, first week of September, 1984. I walked into Lakewood Bible Institute, sat down, the dean of the school introduced Pastor John Osteen. Everybody knew who he was. He was our pastor. Amen. He got up and said this. I have three doctorates of divinity. One from John Brown University. Another was another university he, he had went to. One of them was conferred upon him. He said, not one of those degrees has ever helped me cast out a devil. Now, this is what he said. He said, I've been taught theologically, but I have not been taught spiritually until I begin to study the Word of God for what it was. Take it at face value. Amen? Amen? And then he began to say this, I reserve the right at any time during this school year to change my doctrine. Now, how many preachers you know say that? Because most preachers are guardians of doctrine. But we can't be guardians of doctrine because God can show us another light. Kenneth E. Hagin said the, the, the scripture of the word of God is like climbing a mountain. You climb up the north side, you get the north view. You climb up the south side, you get the south view. You climb up the east side, you get the east view. You climb up the west side, you get the west view. You know, listen, some of these mountains of revelation, we may have only climbed two sides in the last 2,000 years. We may climb another side right before Jesus comes back and see something glorious in manifestation. Amen? Now, John chapter, John chapter 7 then we'll go to John 14 real quick. Listen to this. Look at this in John chapter 7. Look there in verse 37. It says, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, now notice this, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, now here's, this ought to really be underlined and marked up in your Bible, this, this phrase right here. He that believeth on me as the scriptures hath said. He that believeth on me as the scriptures hath said. He that believeth on me as, not as some denomination or some preacher or some teacher or some prophet or some apostle, Not what they said, as the scriptures hath said. This is our safety belt, our safety, this is our safety in scripture. You say, what do you mean? He that believes on me as the scriptures hath said. So if it doesn't line up with the word of God, we don't want it. Because it doesn't work. I've seen things. Because listen, we're the most gullible people in the world. You get out in the spirit realm, you better be careful. We need the Holy Ghost not only to take us into the spirit, but to keep us safe while we're in there. I've seen manifestations that were not God in churches. 
I saw a stigmata in manifestation. You say, what is that? It's the, it's the open wounds in the hand and the side and the feet and on the head where blood actually comes out of their bodies. I literally have seen that in operation and manifestation with demon spirits operating in churches and people thinking it was God. Wasn't God. Why? He that believeth on me as the scriptures has said. What is God going to do? What is he going to use his power to do? What is he going to use the Holy Ghost to do? Well, number one, he's going to use it to convict the hearts of men that they are sinners that need a Savior. Then he's going to use that same spirit to show them there is a Savior and his name is Jesus. It's that simple. Then he's going to bring us right in line with the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus is real big on the works that I do, you can do also. So he's going to bring us in line with what? Well, getting people saved, getting people filled with the Holy Ghost, getting people healed, getting people delivered, and getting people taught the Word of God so they can grow in the things of the Spirit and live a supernatural life themselves. Amen? Now, John chapter 7, He that believeth on me, as the Scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Now here's the scripture I want you to see. But this spaky of the Spirit, capital S, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. I've got good news. I said, I've got good news, Island Church. Jesus has been glorified. And His Spirit or the Holy Spirit has been given. Everybody say given. Now go to John chapter 14 real quick. John chapter 14. Now look there for time's sake. Verse 15. Now notice this. If you love me, you'll have a warm fuzzy feeling come over you during the worship service. Well, if you did, thank God for it. Amen. But that's no proof that you love him. If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. But now notice directly what he connects to keeping my commandments. Now notice this. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray or intercede to the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. Now notice this, the world cannot receive. So he's got to be talking about something there that the world cannot receive. Can the world receive the Holy Ghost? The Holy Spirit? Sure he can. They can do it through the new birth. So he's got to be talking about something else. If the world cannot receive it, we'd all be in trouble. But there is a spirit that you can receive And that is the new creature, the spirit that abides, the Holy Ghost that comes into your spirit. But now he's talking about here something different because in the verses previous to this, he's talking about works. He says, the works that I do, you can do also. Not only this, but greater works because I go into the Father. Now I begin to think about men like like Reinhardt Bonnke. I begin to think like men uh, uh, like Egan Falk, still alive. Reinhardt's gone on to to heaven to his reward. But but Christopher Alam, other people that have these great miracle ministries in which these miracles just manifest. They have these massive crowds in Africa and India and down into Asia and different places. And these massive crowds, most of them know nothing about God. And they get up and tell them about a God that loves them. A God that doesn't want to kill them. A God that wants to give them life. And they talk about Jesus, one of the great, great crusade evangelists of the previous generation, T.L. Osborne. They used to ask him, what kind of gift do you have? He says, I have no gift at all. I preach Jesus till Jesus starts up and start, shows up and starts walking through the crowd. 
I talked to a doctor one time that was at one of his meetings in Java. He said they were in Java, and it was so dark. He said there was kind of scattered clouds, no moon whatsoever. You could see the kind of the stars between the clouds. But the only thing that was there was a light, just a string of lights across the st a stage that said Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's Brother Osborne up there preaching with that black Bible he used to have, telling people about how good God was. And this doctor says the most amazing thing he ever saw happen. He said a shaft of light came out of the sky, hit the ground. He said everywhere it went, it went to a blind person, a lame person, a sick person, an infirm person. And when it hit them, they were instantly healed and jumped up in the, in the midst of that light, shouting and glorifying God. Oh, church, those days were not done away with when the last apostle died. My God, that God would be destroying his own kingdom if he did that. That life, that power, that ability is still here, but we have to understand what it is and how to do it. Just like electricity. Electricity has always been on Galveston Island since creation. But those, those Karankawa Indians, whoever, they didn't know how to assimilate it. They didn't know how to transmit it. And what in the world could they, did they have to hook it to? Nothing. We're doing kind of the same thing now. God's looking to hook up the body of Christ to His power. Hook up the body of Christ to His revelation. Hook up the body of Christ to everything that God has for us so that not only by the Word of God and the wisdom of God, we can produce the power of God because God says, I don't want your faith to be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. Now, I like this in, the, I like this in my Passion Bible. I was kind of reading it this morning. Listen to this. Make sure I got the right verse. John chapter 14, what's that? Verse 15. I promise you that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you soon. I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me. Well, I missed it. Hold on. Oh, there it is. Loving, you, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Now, that's pretty good. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you... Now notice this. Notice this in this translation. He will give you another Savior. Now I, I saw that and also I said, oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought it said comforter. So I look back at my King James, look at my Amplified, look at my message, look at my Phillips, look at all these... No, no, here it's different. Now notice what he says. He says the Greek word... Parocletus, a technical word that could be translated defense attorney, it means one called to stand next to you as a helper. Various translations have, have rendered this counselor, comforter, advocate, encourager, intercessor, or helper. However, none of these words alone are adequate and fall short in explaining the full meaning. This translation has chosen the word Savior for it depicts the role the Holy Spirit it depicts the role the Holy Spirit it depicts the role of the Holy Spirit to protect, defend now listen to this and save us from ourselves. Now remember what, what Peter said there at the day of Pentecost after all those people had gotten saved and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost, Peter and 120. He said this to them, save yourself. Listen, you've got to save yourself. If you don't, self will kill you. Every negative thing that happens in our lives that we self-inflict comes from a selfish motive. Amen? 
Now think about that. Everything we inflict ourselves with, the pain we harm ourselves with, comes from selfish motives. Comes from the me and my, and I gotta have my way, and I gotta do things my way. Listen, you'll never, ever, ever be able to progress in the kingdom of God with selfishness in your life. And the great assignment of the Holy Ghost is to destroy on the inside of us. Now listen to me. The training that iniquity has trained our minds and our flesh with. Because although iniquity has gone out of our spirit, our minds have been well trained. Our flesh has been well trained. And they're pretty good opponents against the righteousness that God has put into our spirit. And you better learn how to live by the spirit or by the Holy Ghost. Or the Bible says you'll fulfill the lust of the flesh and that'll kill you. Amen? So he uses the word Savior. This translator does. And by the way, this, this translator is a spirit, spirit-filled translator. I like him. He prays in tongues. Amen? The translation has cho- uh, this translation has chosen the word Savior. It depicts the role of the Holy Spirit to protect, defend, and save us from ourselves and our enemies. To keep us whole and healed. He is the one who guides and defends, comforts and counsels. Keep in mind that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ our Savior. The aromatic word paracleta, which is taken from two root words, para, which is to finish or to save, and, and T-Y-T-A, which means to, to, to curse, to curse which lives and to save us from every effect. Paraclesis means a redeemer, who ends the curse. Did you get that? So if Je- Now listen to me, church. If Jesus has come to end the curse, then he's, gonna have some, he's got to have some help, some help in order to be ever-present in you and empower you to break that curse over your flesh and over your mind. Listen, church. I know every... every Listen, for a year I've been praying over every one of you that are believing God to be free from what I call these life diseases that doctors tell us we have to live with. Diabetes, asthma, arthritis, you name it. If it's something that the doctor said, well, no, you're going to have to live with this. I'm believing God. You're going to be free from that. You're going to be healed from that. I'm praying for you. I'm standing with you. And I'm doing my best to teach you the word of God so you can be free from that. But that disease has trained you. It has trained you. Now, that doesn't mean, well, I'm just going to stop everything. You can't do that. There is a retraining that will take place by the Spirit that will help you get free from anything the devil has tried to bind you with. Whether it be disease, sickness, addiction, a mindset, no matter what it is, the Spirit of God can come into you and help you to rise up in power. So for the first time in your life, you've got a no when it comes to your flesh and a no when it comes to your mind. You say, what do you mean by that? You can tell your flesh, no. And you can tell your mind, no, you're not going to think like that. That's the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen? Now, if you will, go to, we'll, we'll close with this and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let me get over there. Now, before we do this, to kind of set the stage, where are you, Flip? i got a little video I want to show you. Is that all right? Can I do that in the middle of a meeting? You might like this. This is kind of cool. Can you show that? Sometimes I sit in church and I think, well, if I was called on to speak, what would I say? And so that's 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 where I. But uh, on January the twentieth, first of nineteen sixty-two, 
I was filled with the Holy Ghost. For I heard myself speak with another tongue that I didn't know. And I had three degrees. I had I had a degree from University of Texas. I had a law degree. I had all this. I thought I knew everything. But it, being filled with the Holy Ghost changed my life. It, 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 it made me understand and know that God is personal and God is real. And it was, a, a 62 was a pivotal year for me. That's the year I finished law school. It's the year I passed the bar. Uh, it, it, uh, the year I filled with the Holy Ghost. The year I met Brother Hagin personally for the first time. And uh, we became friends over the years. You know, God, God uh, has opened doors and made way for me unbelievably. Now, y'all glad to see Papa again? He's in heaven right now, amen? But we're still using him around here, amen? For you that don't know, that's my dad. He went to heaven on October the 31st. So I thought we'd share that with you because... In talking with Pops over the years, especially the last couple of years of his life, you know, I became aware of the price my mom and dad paid to be Holy Ghost people where it's not so popular to be a Holy Ghost person. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, dad was, uh, uh, had just been accepted into a uh, law practice here on the island, and certainly the, uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost is, if you're ever filled with the Holy Ghost like you should be, you will not keep it a secret. So here he is, a young lawyer with a young family moving to Galveston Island, and he, he's a, he's a tongue-talking, Holy Ghost man, amen? And, and it was. It was a price to pay. They were, not, they were socially rejected. Most of the social people in the island would have nothing to do with them. But everyone Pops came in contact with, he affected their lives powerfully. You that came to his, his, his memorial service here in, uh, uh, back in November, you saw all of the people that came that testified of what he had done for them. And, and many of them in the darkest hour of their life, even though some of them had, had ridiculed him and persecuted him because of his belief, they turned to him. Because they knew he had power. They knew he had... And listen, let me say this too. Him and my mom lived a holy life. No, I, you need to hear this. Not some rigid, strict, legalistic, you know, uh, got to do that. No, let me tell you something. They lived a holy, righteous life. They were full of the Holy Ghost. They were full of the... Well, I bet they didn't have much fun. Listen, they had more fun on accident than most people have on purpose. We drug them around the world. We laughed. We sang. We danced. We shouted. We saw thousands healed and touched by the power of God. Listen, you cannot find a better lifestyle on the planet than the lifestyle of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you think, man, if I get filled with the Holy Ghost, my friends are going to reject me. Just hang on, honey, because you're getting the very thing that they really want, and you getting them... Getting that is going to help them figure out, this is what I need. I need the Spirit of God. I need the baptism in the Holy Ghost. We were getting ready to, to preach last Sunday. We were in a hotel room getting ready. So Leah was in the bathroom. So I was listening to, listening to uh, Pastor Joel, Pastor Joel Osteen. And he got up and got to preach. He started talking about the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. I thought, saying, Joel, what are you doing? <laughs> he taking a page out of his daddy's books, what he's doing. Because just like us, they're believing God for a move of the Holy Ghost over there. A move of the Spirit of God. Now, the controversy. Why is there such controversy? It is because the baptism in the Holy Ghost is such a powerful gift. Jesus said, you shall receive power. 
Now that word power is the word dunamis, dunamis, which is what we get the word dynamite from, which means an outward manifestation of power. Amen? All of these people that we talk about that were in Lee and I's lives and Pat and Allen and people that we've known, the Goodwins and the Hagans and the Osteens and all these people, they all had power ministries. Power ministries. The sick got healed. Uh, the oppressed got delivered. The lost got saved. And the believers got filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what God does. That is the template and the pattern of the book of Acts. You get them born again. You get them filled with the Holy Ghost. You get them into church. You teach them the Word of God. Then you send them to the world. Amen. I mean, you know, uh, Andy Banks is with us today. He used to be with us at Lakewood years ago. He can testify to this. Amen. You say, what is it? Brother Osteen used to tell us, I'm not here to try to keep you in the church. I'm here to try to get you out of the church. I'm here to put the word of God in you so you can get out of here and get somebody saved, get somebody filled with the Holy Ghost and get somebody healed. I mean, it's a powerful understanding when you understand this is what God does. He saves you out of a wicked world. Then He empowers you with His very own power. Then He gives you the revelation of Himself. Then He sends you out to shine everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, you should be bubbling. You should be full of life, full of joy. While this whole world is just going to hell in a handbasket, God has given the church to the world to help raise it up and to help see that there is another way to live. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Now, here in, here in 1 Corinthians 14. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 speaks of the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to pick that up next week. Anybody want to study the gifts of the Spirit? You know, wonder why the gifts, the gifts of the Holy Ghost operates to teach on it. But in John chapter 14, now we had gifts of the Spirit, John chapter 12, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And then 1 Corinthians 14, instructions about the gifts of the Spirit. So you that get your doctrine from the Word of God that says all the power of God's been done away with because of something that is said in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, well, why in the world would it pass away when between, between uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is chapter 12 and 14, which all talk about the power of the Holy Ghost? Amen? So the controversy is in the tongue part. Well, Pastor, I just, I just don't get those tongues. No, you never will. It's a supernatural phenomenon. It's a, it's a spiritual miracle for a man or a woman that does not know a language to speak a language and to speak it fluently that they've not learned. Something has to come up on you to do that. So the Spirit of God that's talked about in John chapter 14, that if you love Him, you're going to obey His commandments. That means if you love Him, you're going to go get filled with the Holy Ghost and you're going to speak with other tongues so that you can begin to communicate on a spiritual level that you're not able to communicate on if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. That does not mean you cannot communicate in, your, in the Spirit. Your words have a way of finding the Spirit realm, especially if you speak the Word of God. But if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you speak with other tongues, that is the evidence that another working of the Spirit has now come up on you. You've got the Spirit in you through the new birth, but now He's empowering you to do what? To say. Where is God's power? It's in what He says. And He said, let there be light. And there was light. And He said, let the firmaments be divided. Let the oceans be gathered to themselves. Let the dry land appear. And it was so, and it was good. His communications are powerful, and He wants your communications to be powerful. But your native language is fallen. You say, what does that mean? You can't say everything to God that you want to say to Him with your language. 
You can't express your word. Pastor, Pastor John Osteen used to say, we used to sing a course in the Baptist church called, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my, my Savior's praise. He said, I've got one more. They kicked me out. <laughs> Amen. So when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, not when the Holy Ghost comes to abide, not the new birth, but in the endowment of power, the miracle that God does is disconnects your speech faculties from any soulish or fleshly connection and hooks it to your spirit. Then your spirit wants to speak. What does it want to speak? It wants to speak what God is giving you the unction to speak. You say, well, what am I saying? Well, what you're saying in the act, not in the words that you're using in the particular language you might be speaking, but in the act of you speaking it, what you're saying is this. Jesus is risen from the dead. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He is pouring this out on me right now. This is evidence of His resurrection power. Woo! Glory to God. So now you go home and you're speaking tongues. You go, what, what, is, what does that mean? What do I do now? Number one, you've been given that language to pray. To pray. You say, why? Because you can't pray for what you need to pray for like you should. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. But the Holy Ghost comes and gives you utterances. The Bible says that cannot be uttered, but actually that is a word that literally means gives you inarticulate speech to your own mind, which you're speaking a language. Paul said it's the tongues of men and angels. That's what he says in the letters to the church. But whatever language you may be speaking, my, my mom and Mom Goodwin, who we call Nana Goodwin, prayed with a young maid down in Horsetail Falls, Mexico, who knew no English whatsoever. They laid hands on her and began to pray for her just, just as she went by sweeping the floor. They just felt an unction. They laid hands on her and began to pray for her, and she put up her hands and began to speak in fluent English. So I asked my mom, I said, what was she saying? She said she was worshiping God. I said, how cool. See, every time you speak in other tongues, you're either worshiping God or speaking the Word. Because in prayer, now here's some, we had a question come up, some people, I don't know who asked, and thank God for good questions. They said, well, what about when we pray in there? We come in there, we come into the prayer room, everybody's praying in tongues. Isn't it confusing? Is it, what's going on there? Well, if you notice at the end, we always come together. And we always have a purpose for what we're praying. But while you're walking around or sitting in that chair and you're just sitting there and you seem to be just speaking in other tongues, you are praying in other tongues. And in praying in other tongues, what the Holy Ghost is doing corporately is He's guiding all of our different languages that different people are speaking into one purpose so that that purpose might be fulfilled through prayer. Now, when Lee and I traveled, I mean, it was just, it blew me away because it surprised all of the pastors, but it blew me away because I saw it from my side. We would go to churches and we, we never really preached the same message at any church we went to. I would always pray and say, Lord, all these churches are different. Don't you have something for this church? Maybe that this church didn't need or that church didn't. And it would always be different. And the pastors would come to me, especially after three, uh, you know, uh, four days and four nights of service. They'd say, how did you know to preach that in my church? How did you know to preach that in my church? And I would always say this, I didn't. I didn't know to preach that. I just spent a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost just guided me and led me. I know one particular church, we did a Sunday through Wednesday there, and the Holy Ghost just gave me some very unusual things to preach. And it didn't look like a whole lot happened, but in the six weeks after we left, 36 families joined the church. 
God healed something in the church. And when it got healed in the church, the community just came in. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians, let me finish this up and we'll, we'll go and come back tonight and do more Holy Ghost stuff. Amen. 1 Corinthians, I'm just going to begin in verse 1. Follow after, after charity or after love and desire spiritual gifts. Now, if, if all the power of God's done away with, and if people are not filled with the Holy Ghost any longer, and if there's no gifts of the Spirit in operation, no life and power of God in operation, setting people free, healing their bodies, filling them with the Holy Ghost, if that's true, why is there a scripture in the Bible that says, follow after love but desire spiritual gifts? Amen? Now, notice... Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy, which is speaking to the edification, exhortation, and comfort. But notice this. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. One translation, I like it, says untold secrets. Amen? We speak secrets to God, secrets to God. God speaks them back to us. It's amazing how that works once you get into it. Now, I want you to go down for time's sake to verse 14. 12, 13, 14. Now, notice. For if I, now notice the word pray. Everybody say pray. pray. If I pray in an unknown tongue, here it goes. My spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Listen to it in, in the Amplified. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. Let me, let me read you that again. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my, uh, my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. Everybody say nobody. Now, what he's referring to here, it helps nobody for them to hear you praying in tongues. You say, why didn't it help anybody? They don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Amen? They don't know what you're saying. Now, in this chapter, the Apostle Paul is setting an order for tongues in the church. And we'll study it a little bit more in depth. He's showing us just like in the book of Acts, there was a manifestation of what? Two different workings of tongues, just like there's two different workings of the Holy Ghost. The tongues that you initially receive when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you speak in a language you've not learned. And let me just say this. You, don't, don't, you, you hear me or, or someone else that's been baptized in the Holy Ghost for years praying in spirit. Don't try to imitate or just, just get what God's given you. It may be just a phrase or a word or something. You know, it, was, it was for Brother Osteen, it was one simple word, which was otolio. And he, that's all he got. And he said, that's all I can say. He said, I was so disappointed. But he said, I was glad I got something. So he went and checked into a hotel room, and he said, I just started saying, Otolio, 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 until finally he said, I got a flow. He called up a preacher, and he said, when I put the phone up to my ear to tell him what had happened, all I could do was speak in tongues. And he said, ha, I see what you got, what you were looking for. Hung the phone up. <laughs> Amen? No, it's just like anything else you would learn. You develop in it. You grow in it. You learn. We talk about praying in tongues for an hour. You can't do that until you've prayed for 10 minutes. Five minutes. Amen? So you must understand the great life enhancement of having another language that doesn't do business in the natural realm, but buddy, does it ever do business in the spirit realm? Yeah. 
For when you pray in an unknown tongue or an unknown language, it is your spirit by the Holy Spirit praying. But Paul in, four, in chapter 14 is saying, these two workings of tongues are this. The tongue that edifies the believer, and then there's the tongue that edifies the church. That is a gift. Not a gift like the Holy Spirit given to us all, but it is a gift of the, of the Holy Spirit operating in the church in the nine gifts of the Spirit. The vocal gifts, tongues, interpretation in tongues, and prophecy, which are given to what? Edification, exhortation, and comfort of the church. Not doom and gloom. Amen? So in the church setting, we've experienced it here many times. Spirit of God will be moving. I'll give out the, 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 the announcement or the invitation. Is anybody have a message in tongues, usually we'll have anywhere from three to five people that will raise their hand. I look across those people. It's not my choice. Sometimes I'll choose Alan or Pat. Sometimes I'll choose Danny. Sometimes uh, Ella will give a message. Cody will give a message. I mean, there's probably about eight or ten people in here that can give a message in tongues. But I'm looking for where the unction is. I'm looking. Uh, it's, it, and it's, it's not something that you can just kind of teach. It's something that's caught, not taught. That's why I invite people to come back to these Holy Ghost meetings that we have like tonight in these prayer services because there's a lot taught there, but there's a lot you can catch there too. Amen. Well, in so doing, there's an order in that. They give that message out. I interpret. I've been taught over the years that the one who stands in authority in the house should interpret. Many times at church in a, at First Assembly in Pasadena, uh, Brother Hagen would be there, who was a prophet of God that would have a powerful worldwide international ministry. Mom and Dad Goodwin were just local pastors. Brother Hagen would get up, start ministering. The Holy Ghost would fall. He'd start speaking, giving messages in tongues. He'd turn to Dad, Dad Goodwin. Say, Dad, you give those, you give those. You give that interpretation. You give that. He'd do it every time. Every, if Dad Goodwin was ever there in any meeting Brother Hagen was in, if he gave a message in tongues, he'd always ask Dad Goodwin to give the message. And then somebody asked him one time, why do you always have J.R. Goodwin give an interpretation? Aren't you able to do it? Brother Hagen said, I'm well able to do it. But he's more developed in the gift. He's more developed in the gift. And because it is the interpretation, not a translation of what's being said, it is an interpretation of what's being said. I want him to give it because he's more developed. Amen? So you've got to understand these scriptures put it in order and show us there's an initial baptism in the Holy Ghost. The evidence you have received it is you will speak in a language you have not learned. Many people look for a feeling or an emotion. It's a language. You have to yield. It says, he filled them with the Holy Ghost, but they spake. <laughs> I love to go to nations that hadn't had a lot of teaching. And you preach on the Holy Ghost, and people come up and stand on the altar and go like this. <laughs> You've seen them do it. They'll stand there like this. And I say, what are you doing? And they say, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Holy Ghost to spout. I say, no, no, and you listen to the teaching? It's you, you speak. Oh, me? I have to speak? You have to speak. You've got to use your tongue. You've got to use your voice. You've got to use your vocal cords. The only thing the Holy Ghost is going to do is give you an unction. You say, what is that unction? I don't know. It's going to be whatever, whatever unction he gives you. Amen? Brought Pastor John Osteen, he'd tell the story. I laughed so hard first time I heard him tell it. He had a, a, a Lutheran a bishop or a Lutheran clergyman that was with him in a full gospel businessman that he assumed was a man that was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues, but he was not. And the reason he was not filled with the Holy Ghost is he got into some crazy meeting somewhere and some guy got a hold of him and started yanking on his jaws 
and, tell, and was telling him, say, say, say Shanda, say Shanda, Shanda, Shanda. And they said, we're jerking on his face. You know, Brother, Brother Osteen didn't know that. He found this out later when the guy gave him the testimony. So he got up there and you know how he was in his younger days. He was preaching like a, like a man of fire and, and got ready and gave that invitation for the people to be filled with the Holy Ghost, a place filled up with people. So he turned to the guy and said, come up here and help me pray for these people. If he filled with the Holy Ghost, come on now. He said the guy got up and looked kind of puzzled. He said he lifted his hands up. He went, Shanda. <laughs> He said, he came down there and started laying hands on people going, Shanda, Shanda, Shanda. He said, they started getting the Holy Ghost just like that, each and every one of them. He said, all he got was a Shanda. He said, I don't know what he got since then. I heard a full gospel businessman, he was driving his car. And you know, all the things that we're going to study, all the things that come with this wonderful endowment of power, the guidance, the guy, Mark Brzee wrote a great book, Guide Inside how the Spirit of God can guide you. And, lead. and he said he'd just been filled with the Holy Ghost a couple of months and he was driving home from work. And he was actually thinking about the Spirit of God and thinking about what is this leadership? What is this guidance? What, is this, what can this be? And he said when he did, all of a sudden on the inside, down in his spirit, he said, he said down here, these were turned into this parking lot. And he said, I looked and it was a Catholic church. He said, that, well, that could be God. <laughs> he was an ex-Baptist is who he was. He said, that couldn't be God. And so he, he, he turned in there, and God said, now get out of your car. So he got out of his car. And then the Lord, the same story, he said, now walk down this hall. He walked down this hall. He said, knock on this door. He said, he knocked on this door, and he heard a voice say, come in. He walked in, and there was a man sitting there reading a book called The Happiest People on Earth, written by Demas Shakarian. And in that book, he was reading about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and he said, he said, the guy knocked on the door. No, he knocked on the door. The priest said, come in. He said, I walked in. He said, hey, I'm, I'm Bob Jones. I'm a full gospel businessman. Here, on the, here, on the, here in this city. And when he said that, he said, the priest jumped up and said, Hallelujah! He said, I was just praying that God would send me a full gospel businessman to lay hands on me and get me filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Catholic priest. Amen? Well, that man laid hands on him. God got filled with the Holy Ghost. It started a big charismatic Catholic move in that entire city. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, in these great moves of revival that have taken place all over the world, many times that's how it begins, is with people begin to get enlightened, they begin to lose that darkness, all of those denominational, you listen, denominational labels. I like what one preacher said. He said, when you go up, they all just gently fall off and float back to the earth. He said, when you go down, they all burn off. So what's good are they anyway, you know? <laughs> they just burn right off, Amen. But what's going to exclamate what God is doing in the earth in these last days is what's going to exclamate is people getting saved and then getting filled with the Holy Ghost and then becoming extremely radical like you were once. Just thought I'd throw that in there. You say, Why, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm still as radical as I used to be, maybe even more radical. And if you think our faith was da dangerous back then, we're going to get into some dangerous faith in the days to come as we stand against darkness and the devil and all he tries to bring on the earth. But in the midst of it, if we're going to see the world come to Jesus and get born again, then get filled with the Holy Ghost, delivered, taught the Word of God, we're going to have to, as a church, be so filled with the Holy Ghost that it's going to slop over into the community, amen, and begin to touch them. Amen. You know those slop over blessings, you know. 
I heard a story. This guy, he was preaching a revival. And he had a guy that he came the year before and got saved for the Holy Ghost. And he had heard through the grapevine he was offended. He was mad at him because of some things he taught about faith. So he, he, it was, a, it was the, the, the husband of one of the, of the board members of the church. So it was a, kind of an issue. So this guy preached like three weeks in this church. The guy came the last night. So the last night, this, this is back in the 50s, he said, I thought I would give an invitation for people to testify what God done for them. The past three, several had been, several had been saved, several had been healed with a, filled with the Holy Ghost, several had been healed, just powerful things had happened. So he had them, you know, would you like to stand and testify with So one stood over here, testified of him, another stood. Then this guy hadn't been in one service, stood up. And he started talking about, well, you know, the Lord has blessed me and all that. And so this minister said, no, 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 just sit down and shut up. He said, you haven't been here in three weeks. He said, that person next to you got blessed three nights ago. That's just some of their blessings flopping over on you. You ain't got nothing to testify about. <laughs> Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, church. What the church needs is the, is the spirit of joy, the spirit of peace, and what it, what it takes to go through these days that are coming. And to be filled with the Holy Ghost so he could, listen, the Bible says you can be so filled with the Spirit that he will guide you with his eye. That's a parental term. You get in your car to drive down the street and the Lord says, don't take a right, take a left. You need to be that attuned to the Spirit of God. Keeping you safe, keeping you out of trouble and delivering you from yourself. Now let me close with this and then we'll pray for people that want to be filled with the Holy Ghost or refilled. There's an initial filling, Acts chapter 2. Then there's a refilling. Acts chapter 4, when they were there in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the place praying, the Bible says, Behold their threatenings. Peter began to pray. Behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants with all boldness. May I speak your word. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders. What's powerful about that is they're praying for the very thing that got them in trouble. They got in trouble using the power of the name of Jesus. And you know what Peter and all those disciples, Lord, give us more power. Stretch forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders. And the Bible says the place where they were praying was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. You say, well, Pastor, weren't they filled in Acts 2? It's a continual infilling. There needs to be a continual infilling of the Spirit in your life. Kind of like driving your car. Listen, don't drive your car till it's empty. Keep it topped off. I like to keep mine topped off. Everybody say topped off. In the Holy Ghost, you need to stay topped off. So things are always just kind of flowing out of you, flowing out of you, flowing out of you, flowing out. You say, well, what if people think I'm crazy? They already do. They see your car parked here. <laughs> Amen. And anyway, if crazy people think you're crazy, what difference does that make? Amen. So I showed that little video of Paps, Pops because uh, I miss him. And I wanted you to get a testimony of a man that lived on this earth 89 years. And over 60 of those years, he was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. And he lived a wonderful life, and his children are blessed, and his grandchildren are blessed, and his great-grandchild is blessed. And he left us a heritage here in the church and a legacy here in the church that many churches don't have. And his goodness in the community touched many people. I had a lawyer come to me one time, and he said to me, he said, your father could have been a very rich man but he was too honest. And I said, well, thank God my father was a man whose principles could not be bought. Amen. And the Holy Ghost will put an iron, a backbone of iron in your back. You'll stand when everybody else around you is falling. It'll give you a strength. It'll give you an understanding of the word. I cannot tell you what it means, how the Spirit of God can unfold and open up the word of God to you. It is one of the most amazing 
phenomenons that you'll ever experience. If you love the Word of God, get filled with the Holy Ghost. You will really love the Word of God. Brother Frank, go to the keyboard, if you will. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up. Let's worship God for a moment. Father, we worship you in this place. We thank you, Jesus, that you came to this earth and were made in the likeness of men. We thank you, Jesus, that you poured out your life upon the cross. It's your blood. You showed us the pattern for over 2,800 years. It's the nation of Israel slaughtered the lambs by the millions and took their blood, poured them upon the mercy seat of their tabernacle and their temple. The Spirit of God, the Shekinah glory of God would come into the tabernacle. And Israel would know that their God was there, that He would deliver them, that He would protect them, that He would give us the miraculous. And Lord, we see documentation all through Your old covenant of that. But we know the reason Jesus came. So that that spirit in man that God breathed into the human body that became a living soul and connected man into a spirit, soul, and body entity upon this earth. The essence of that man which was cursed and tainted by the sin of one man was, was, was eradicated atoned for and we were redeemed by the blood of the last lamb who came and offered his blood upon the mercy seat of God so that the heart of man could be cleansed through the new birth and the Shekinah could come and abide in vessels of clay Father we thank you for every person here that's born again that the spirit of God abides on the inside of them and Father, for everyone that is empowered by the Holy Ghost, we thank you for them and we ask that today you fill us fresh and new with your Spirit. And Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit in us will do exactly what it says. Comfort, counsel, strengthen, stand by, help, intercede, and be our advocate. Another Savior, saving us from ourselves and from our enemies. Thank you for the authority. Oh, the power of the Holy Ghost. We've seen it with our own eyes. We've seen the cripples walk. We've seen the blind eyes open. We've seen instantaneous deliverance of the drug addicts. We've seen the proud and lofty heart melted by the love of God. Thank you today. Lord, that you do exactly what you did in Acts chapter 2 that first you fill the house. Oh, hallelujah, church. Worship God. Let the house be filled with His presence. Let the house be filled with His presence. We do that through worship. We worship you, Father. Giver of salvation. Baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Healer of broken bodies. Restorer of the breach. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. And then, Heavenly Father, you come into our lives with such compassion and mercy. For by grace we are saved through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift, the gift, the gift of God. 
Spirit of God that abides in us. Oh, Father, we thank you for our salvation. We do not take it for granted that we are born again, that Jesus is our Lord, that heaven is our home, that our parents and grandparents that have lived this life in front of our eyes, Lord, they've proven beyond doubt. And your word gives us faith that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. Thank you, Father. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, if you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost and you'd like to, we'll pray for you. Or if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, but it's just, I've, I've, I've coined another phrase recently. It's kind of foreign to you. You say, what do you mean by that? You're not familiar with it. You may have come down to an altar and said a couple, maybe it was just Shandai or, or what was Brother Osteen's Otolio. You know, Brother Osteen actually went and researched that word, Otolio. In Greek, it means the search has ended. And that was the end of his search for the power of God. You know, when he was, a, his story of being that pastor in a Baptist church there at Hibbard Memorial Baptist Church and him crying out, where's the God of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Where's that God? Where is that God? Thank God he found it. Amen. He found it in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So if you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost and you want to, or you've been filled but you've struggled with it, come up right now. I want everybody to stand. Everybody stand. I want you to come right now. Come right now. Or if you're just in desperate need of a refilling. You say, well, Pastor, I've, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost and I, I pray in the Spirit every once in a while, but I've just, I need a refilling. I just need to be full of the Spirit of God. Come on right now. Y'all come on. Now everybody just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Hallelujah. Now, now, Doc, you and your wife, both, both the double docs. Now, God is wanting to instruct and empower you to a new level. Now, listen to what the Spirit of God says to you. See if you can get this in your spirit. There needs to be some no's in you. No, no, because what's going to happen is some things are going to start coming up and people, you need to come with us here, you need to go there, you need to do this. The Lord says, if you will allow, if you will stay right here for a season of time and just say, no, I'm staying here. No, I'm staying here. Then your yes will come and it will blow your mind what God will do. Because all of those no's, every one of them, you'll think, man, am I missing it? No, God's telling you now prophetically. There'll be some no's you'll have to say and they won't be easy to say. But you know there's a yes coming that will blow your mind. Isn't that good? Does that agree with your spirit? Father, we release that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and worship God. Jeff Pucciarello, you and your wife, come here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come stand right here. Hallelujah. Now, there is a ministry in you that has to come forth. You've waited and you've waited and you've waited and you've waited. And I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost says. You've done your own thing and I've let you do it. I've protected you in it. I've blessed you and I've kept you in it. But I only let you go so far because there's something greater in you. There's a ministry in you that needs to come online. That means you need to be in the ministry. You've known it for years. You've known it. You've known it like you know your name. But even right now, you're saying, I don't know how. I don't know. How's that going to happen? How's it going to? You're going to have to forget all the how-tos and whys and everything else and just draw close to Him. 
And there's an unction in the spirit right now to put that resolve in you to go after, to go after this gift, to go after it. Because literally there's thousands of people that will get born again and say, if you will obey God, it will be part of the harvest of God that God will bring in. Father, we release. Come out of them now in the name of Jesus. The ministry of God. The gift of God. Awaken. 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 We were sitting in Mexico when I was 17 years old with needle marks all over my arms. My pastors prophesied over me that I would teach the gospel around the world, that I would see signs, wonders, and miracles. I was 17 years old with needle marks in my arms. And they said, she prophesied. Mom, dad gave the message. I mean, mom gave the, the message in tongues. Dad interpreted. Said, you'll preach the gospel to the nations of the world. You'll hear strange languages. I had dad preach one time with two interpreters. English into, um, English into Spanish, Spanish into Mosquito. But then she said this. Then the spirit of God, the glory of God will fall. And you'll see God on their faces. So we were sitting in Mexico. And the spirit of God fell. I yelled boldly. I said, look. She says, what? I said, I see God in their the word of the Lord is true. The word of the Lord is true. The word of the Lord is true. Hallelujah. Anything we can do to help you, prepare you, get you ready, launch you forth, you're in the right place. Lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, God's healing power. If you need healing in your body, you that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can step back, go back. But if you need healing in your body, y'all stay up here. Y'all turn around. If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your physical body, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I want you guys to turn around and watch. Would you turn around and watch? Here's why. Just, just every once in a while, God will give you a little snippet of something. There's something about medicine and God's healing power that needs to work together. And there's been doctors in the past that have tried to bring it together but hadn't really been the fullness of what it needs to be. So you need to stay up here in these healing lines and you need to catch some things that are going on. Amen. Do you need healing in your body? What's going on? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, they're concerned, medical, rightly so, concerned about another variance of COVID. So what we, what we do when a new variance comes up, we speak the word against it. Amen. So this morning, let's do that. Everybody ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Jesus, my Savior, my healer, was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Lord. You bless my bread, my water. You take all sickness, all symptoms from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I forget not his benefits. He forgives all in 
iniquity. He heals all disease. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Father. You never leave me. You never forsake me. You're with me always, even until the end of the age. Thank you, Lord, for medical grace upon my body for these last days. Thank you, Lord. You've not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love, sound mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No evil befalls me. No plague comes not my dwelling place. Thank you, Father. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. I've been translated into the kingdom of your dear Son. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. And the same Spirit, woo, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead abides, dwells in me, quickening my mortal body. Therefore, I declare from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, spirit into my body sickness disease infirmity pandemics epidemics i resist you i resist you in jesus name i stand on the front end of a new covid variant and i declare you're under my feet i will not submit to you i will not suffer your symptoms i am healed Now it's coming, it's coming, it's coming faster and quicker than you think, faster and quicker than you would imagine. Things are accelerating quickly and there is that which will be alarming, there is that which will be destructive, there is that in which truly men's hearts will fail them for fear of that which comes upon the earth. Oh, but there's that which is glorious and you're positioning yourself 
not to be affected by that which is destructive, but by that which is glorious. So press in and enter in in every service, in every prayer meeting. Be expectant of my glory and my power. Understand and realize I am doing all that I can to pour out in your midst the glory and power necessary to cause you to rise as light and life in this day and hour. For many, many even now, perplexed, in fear, confused, but my light and my life shall come and shall flow and shall change whole neighborhoods and cities. Cause them to fall into the glorious move of my spirit, move of my power. So do not be swept away by that which is going on upon this earth. Do not be swept away by all that's being said, initiated and done. But no, no, no. By that very spirit which you've heard and experienced this morning, be swept away, swept away, swept away until the day that you're taken away. And you'll rejoice and count yourself as blessed as having lived knowing these things in the last of the last days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Wow, put up your hands and worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, before we close, let me just say this. It's very difficult many times to communicate faith on a level in which there's no type of, how can I say that, Lord? Okay. No type of feeling involved. No type of, uh, you know, did you feel anything? Did you, you know, the, 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 the five senses of the body are not stimulated by the Spirit. But then they are at certain points and at certain times. The Spirit of God can do certain things. Now, you say, why are you saying that? The reason I'm saying this is for many, many years, I would sense a presence, physically sense it, especially in meetings that I would go into and maybe I would have two or three days to really set a, a format for what we were teaching on, maybe healing, deliverance, and then the Spirit of God would just move. But I would sense, and 99 and 9 10% of the time, I would sense it in praise and worship. And so it was a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting there and while I was worshiping, worshiping God, Lee and I were, and I sensed that probably for the first time in 21 or 22 years. I thought, huh, well, that's strange. And then I sensed it again this morning. And I thought, huh. So the Lord spoke to me and says, those unctions are going to begin to come stronger and more powerfully than they even did 20-something years ago. So listen, church, come expecting. Now listen, you want to see some miracle, somebody get healed, bring a sick person. Bring somebody in a wheelchair. Bring somebody on crutches. Bring somebody that, 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 that's infirm. You say, well, what if nothing happens? Oh, I'm telling you something will. I'm telling you something will. You say, what will happen? Well, if nothing else, they'll be encouraged. If nothing else, the seed of their miracle may be planted. Or they may get one instantaneously right there. It's an amazing thing to see the demonstration, manifestation of the power of God. Last Sunday, we ministered to people who had, had uh, uh, these overriding things from COVID. And one man had lost his taste and had been gone for months. 
and we actually, the pastors took us to a Mexican restaurant to eat, and he was actually there, and he come running to us. I had chips and hot sauce today. I can taste the hot sauce. He said, well, that's not a very major miracle. It is, if it's your taste, it's not there. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. Father, we worship you. Lord, as we leave today, through what we say, which is your word, we expect your protection. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh us. Angels have charge over us. Father, we thank you today, all during the week, as we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. Thank you, Lord. We are protected. The righteous labor of our hands. Father, we thank you. No accidents, no trauma, no terror, no evil plans of wicked men. Protect our businesses, Lord God. Protect our community. Lord, even now we speak to the Gulf of Mexico. And we tell you, Gulf of Mexico, you cannot cooperate with the devil. North wind, south wind, east wind, west wind, steering currents of the Gulf of Mexico, the Atlantic, the Caribbean, yeah, and even the Pacific Ocean. You're not going to slip in through the back door. We bind the formation of major hurricanes and storms. And we declare over our island, we are not subject to a major storm in the summer of 2022. Jesus' name, or the fall. Thank you, Father. Lord, let your light shine in us. Let the spirit that you filled us full up. Let it overflow. Overflow. Jesus' name. Let your light in life. Let it come in a marvelous, mighty way. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love for Jesus. We walk in love one toward another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.